it is getting to be that time when soda water, carbonated water, or as I call it, carbo water, is starting to taste pretty good when it's chilled. Tuesday, or no, it's not Tuesday, shoot, it's Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I'm Stephen Sierski, thanks for joining me. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, this here is my audio uh, digest, daily audio digest, published Monday to Friday, and I uh, put all the archives up on my website, stephensersky.com. You can have uh, a good laugh at my other uh, pronunciation flubs and speaking flubs and flibs and everything over the last year that I've been doing this daily audio cast. Yes, it's warmed up. Uh, last night was quite nice. I was actually out for a... Uh, a going away party of sorts, uh, and uh, we uh, we actually we went to Plan B, and we couldn't dine in, but we we ended up taking a table and a couple chairs and sitting outside uh, just down the street. That lasted for about an hour or so, and then there was a guard who came through the uh, the neighborhood uh, and just kicked everybody out who was uh, sitting around having any drinks or anything like that. Or not not just drinks, it was anybody who was sort of sitting around in a group. He's like, move along, folks. And it wasn't just, uh, not just us, not just foreigners. It was uh, everybody was getting moved along, pushed along. Uh, I was surprised at how busy that area was, uh, the uh, northern block of uh, the, the Pingual complexes. Uh, I don't really go that area too much because there's not too much I need there. Uh, like Plan B is probably the one place I'd go. The cafes don't open until 10 or something. And it's like, I am so far away from that area by 10 o'clock most days that, uh, well, maybe not now with homeworking, but uh, I mean, like even 7.30 opening at Starbucks or Tim Hortons, that's too late. I mean, it's got to be like seven, but I don't want to say anything because then it's like the uh, the employees there would just have to get up and go earlier. Uh, and uh, to put it simply, their life is shit. I mean, it's not shit. It's it's a lot. Of, like, imagine if you had a job where you had to be somewhere at seven o'clock, a, a customer service job at seven o'clock. Uh, to be fair, I think I'm too I'm too old for this. <laughs> I think I am. I. I I wish I was. At the same time, ah, oh, wow. It's to be able to do that uh, for any extended period of time. I mean, it's, uh, I, my heart goes out to these the, these folks who have to be at these uh, restaurants, these cafes uh, that open at 7 or 7.30, and they got to start pulling drinks already. I mean, it's uh, it, brutal, especially uh, like in a city like Beijing, uh, I guess the one good thing about starting work that early is that you avoid the traffic in the morning. So you can leave, uh, like if you took a cab, I mean, you can get anywhere pretty quickly and the subway wouldn't be that crowded, at least not within the city limits. Uh, but uh, like if, because if I leave my area and I live around the Shuangjing area, uh, if I left my apartment after 7.15, I mean, everywhere is just choked with traffic, right? So it, they're at work at seven o'clock, but they miss that entire uh, traffic and snarlment that uh, occurs in the city on, well, it used to occur in the city on a daily basis. Now it doesn't so much. Anyway, um, the uh, yeah, the weather is getting nice, so it's uh, been pretty good. Um, a bit, uh, what would you call it, uh, smoggy outside. And yeah, I've had issues with my allergies. 
I don't know if it's inside this apartment. I don't know if it's outside. I don't know if it's the farmer's are uh, doing something, you know, at certain times of the week or certain times of the day uh, that's causing issues. I've talked to a few other people, and, uh, I mean, there's various ailments going along. And actually, even today, I heard that there's a new cold going around the United States. A cold. Not the not a virus, not a weaponized virus, not, a, not an epidemic, not a pandemic, not a, not, not a nothing but a cold. And yet here in Beijing, we're... We are um, Shanghai suffering through a lockdown, which is getting lifted, and Beijing has been uh, under stricter measurements, uh, stricter, stricter requirements for the last couple of weeks. Now, on the upshot, um, with the warmer weather, um, the there's been a downtick in cases. It seems that way, anyway. The buildings nearby, which are also actually nearby the Plan B uh, uh, bar. Those buildings have actually all, they used to be red, and now they're no longer red, which means that they're open, uh, and you can freely go in and out of those uh, those compounds. So that is, that is something that's a good development. <laughs> um, there hasn't been as much, I don't want to say hysteria, because there was some panic buying, but it didn't really get to be as bad. Uh, as it was in Shanghai, I have I have seen the rumors that this was actually a a, a bit of a, a battle between Beijing and Shanghai, and I don't know who was involved. I have no idea, um, but it's just like what one party will uh, one people will um, you know one city will shut itself down, the other one has to suffer or something. I don't. It's like a, a sibling rivalry of some sort. I don't know. I heard it in passing. I was like, it's it's funny. I don't. It's so crazy to sort of think that it could happen. Uh, but at the same time, like I don't, I don't know enough about uh, the setup of the two cities and like why they'd be bickering about anything to uh, possibly do that. Uh, was able to. I was thinking about uh, this weekend's language vlog as I am continuing on with that. I thought it'd be interesting to look into what it would take to become a uh, translator or an interpreter, and I want to look into this because as a language student myself. Um, there's sort of two goals that, you know, we often have. One is to sound like a native, you know, the people who are born speaking that language, growing up in the culture that uh, uses that grammar uh, and the, that vocabulary. And the second one would be uh, for more practical purposes, such as, you know, getting a job or moving to a new country, probably for a job. Um, so some sort of employment, you know, where there's some uh, a financial recompensation for uh, your efforts all, all, all through the years. So with those two things in mind, looking at it, like if you were to study a language with the... Do you study a language with the view of getting a job or do you study a language and then eventually you decide, oh, well, I could do that. And then you hone your language skills to be able to work with them and be employed in them. English teachers are a good example of this. ESL is like um, you might be an art student or a science student. You could, you know, old, young, divorced, married, doesn't matter. Uh, and you're like, okay, well, I did take, you know, I, I have an arts degree here or whatever, uh, and I can take this uh, teaching certificate that gives me the basics. And I think I don't think it's uh, any, any shock to anybody. Like any teacher could probably tell you, you could learn the basics of teaching pretty easily. And that's exactly what ESL certificates aim to do. Uh, and then be able to go and hone your skills as you t 
teach more and more. Um, so there, that sort of approach, when you're looking at it going, if you're a student for, why are you studying? Are you studying to be a, become like a translator, interpreter, some sort of professional in that job, uh, where it's your job to know all of the ins and outs of the languages? Uh, in contrast to other professional jobs where it's like, if you're a scientist, uh, like a specific scientist, uh, uh, an engineer, uh, or someone who only needs to know the language to get by, they don't need to know how to explain it or directly translate it, right? So there's those professionals, and then there's like translators and interpreters who need to be aware of the idios, uh, like the idi um, idioms, the idio, idio. Oh my goodness, idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies, idiomatic expressions of uh, languages and the subtleties of language. Whereas any other professional, even, uh, you know, your, your typical corporate worker, office worker, probably wouldn't need to know all the little ins and outs of the language. Contrast that with someone, like, so the professional who moves overseas have knowing another language, there is just learn, learning a language to be employed, but not as any sort of language conduit, any in, ex, explainer of the language. They will work in their native language and in this uh, and another language, but they don't need to know all the grammatical expressions and everything like that. So I thought I'd take a look at that uh, this weekend. Um, I did take one course on Future Learn. Uh, during the uh, pandemic lockdown of 2020, uh, and I was going to take more. It was sort of one of these things where I remember thinking, going, I'm not sure if this is something I'd really do, because translation work, uh, although it's very freeing, because you don't, you're not always, you're not locked up into a room or anything to do it, you can do it on your own, and I do like that, uh, that freedom. Uh, interpretation's a little bit more difficult. Um, there's a good... Actually, uh, the, the one of my guests on the, my podcast a couple months ago already, uh, uh, Qian Wang, she's an interpreter, translator, teacher, and she does it as her job. Uh, we get into a little bit uh, in that conversation. That's episode 29 of my uh, big cast, if you will, uh, that you can find on my website. Uh, and that was, she's a, one of the few professionals I know who, who do this, but it doesn't sound like uh, it's something that, um, like, in order to make it a full-time job, it's like you are always playing those three fields. So it's a bit of, um, you, you're in the language field, sphere, but what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis might change. And probably, to, to be fair, if you're doing translation and interpretation, you're probably also teaching at the same time. Because teaching is a bit more of a stable gig than translation or uh, interpretation. I uh, was thinking of uh, my workout routines because uh, today was a bit of a dogged show. It doesn't help that last night went out and, uh, went on a little bit longer than I wanted it to, but uh, no problem. He's leaving the country, so goodbyes to him and uh, good lucks. Uh, we who knows when we'll meet again, right? It's uh, seems to be the story of the year of the last two years or so. You know, people are leaving, uh, but I was thinking in terms of these two days. And I was reading about um, the the need to uh, nutrient timing, right? And so if you've been following along, I've been doing these two-a-days, these runs and stuff like that, and workouts. I've been splitting them up so I don't have to have, like, one massive workout every second day. Like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's what I was trying to do. 
especially when I went to morning workouts. Um, now I'm <laughs> now I'm doing two workouts. Uh, I'm doing the morning workout, which includes a run, typically, then some sort of weights, and then some sort of stretching. And then in the afternoon is typically a run and then some uh, rope jumping as well. And then maybe some medicine ball workout or another set of kettlebells or something like that. So it's, but the afternoon one, it's, it varies on whether or not it's as intense. It usually depends on how intense the morning session was. Now, this puts me in a bit of a situation because the morning one, in order to eat within that half hour, it's like, is it the half hour after you finish the intense workout or half hour after you finish like your mobility, your, your stretching, your cool down phase. And I, I'm, I'm guessing it's like after you finish the intense uh, workout phase as that's where you'd be sort of straining your muscles the most. And apparently as I'm reading this, uh, what is it? It's not, is it PubMed? Uh, well, it's on the uh, ncbi.nim.nich, uh, National Center for Biotechnology Information, wherever they're listed, wherever they're based. Uh, they are. They have this article, Nutrient Timing Revisited, Is There a Post-Exercise Anabolic Window? So the anabolic window um, is, yeah, it's a National Library of Medicine, so this is based on the United States. Uh, so the anabolic w- window is what people are talking about when they say that you have to eat protein within half an hour, within 30 minutes of your workout, or else you're going to not see the gains. And uh, it turns out it's true if you do two-a-days, if you are a performance athlete, if your workout is such that you need to have the glycogen, glycogen, glycogen. wow, that's number three flub today. And I haven't even been drinking. Your glycogen uh, stores have to be replenished within a certain amount of time so that your body can be prepared for the next workout. So there, that's the idea behind the whole nutrient timing is that you're prepping for the next uh, onslaught of intense workouts. If you're not doing that, if you're working out, you know, three, four times a week, but like once a day at a predetermined time uh, and you're working out different body parts... Uh, nutrient timing doesn't seem to play as much role. Uh, I will um, tweet out this article. You guys can take a look at it. Uh, you can read it for free. It's all online. Uh, again, it's uh, Nutrient Timing Revisited. Is there a post-exercise anabolic window by Alan Albert Aragon and Brad John Schoenfeld? Uh, so you can uh, take a look at that. And uh, it, it's just something worth knowing because it, it adds, uh, for me, it adds that extra stress of getting that meal in before work starts typically. Uh, but then also timing my meals like in the evening can also be kind of difficult because um, do I want to eat dinner at 5 o'clock after my morning workout or 5.30 or or do I want to push it off a little later, right? So it is a bit of a, a challenge uh, to make sure it all sort of goes like clockwork, I guess you can say. And to be fair, is this sustainable? Is this something that I want to keep on uh, thinking about so much? Uh, and I today I did set, sit down to look at my workout routine, uh, and I plotted it out going, okay, morning and afternoon sessions, this is what I could do. And I'm looking at all the things, I'm going, there's not really too much rest scheduled in here. should probably have a few more rests booked in. Um, like even if it means like a day like today where I just did two runs and I don't do as like any intense kettlebell workouts, 
Uh, but then the question is like, do I have to do the two runs or could I do something else? One of the reasons I like going for a run, especially in the morning, is because I find that it does get the blood flowing a lot more, but also it uh, it gets it done quicker. <laughs> it's 20 minutes, uh, 20, 25 minutes, uh, you know, as opposed to going for a walk where it's like usually 48 minutes. I guess, now, on the flip side, I haven't been doing my language exercises. I know it's a, it's a bit of a a trade-off there, and I haven't found a way to integrate like vocab study and running just yet. It has I haven't been able to do it. If you have a tip, let me know. <laughs> I'd be I'd be interested in knowing how that one works. Um, but yeah, other than that, the only other thing I was thinking about today was the meal planning. And there's a, there's even a place here in Beijing that will send you meals every day, like every like three times a day they'll ship it to you. Which I don't know how they're doing during the the COVID breakdown, uh, but there's <laughs> came across another guy who's like here's a here's a simple dieting tip: eat the same thing all the time. Just do that. <laughs> I like that one better because that one's easier. Some of these diet plans that they have, it's like. To make that meal, I'd have to go buy 16 different ingredients, and you're telling me I'm only going to have it once on, like, Monday afternoon? No. If I make that, it's going to be I'm going to have it for the next three days, or next two days, next three or four meals sort of thing, right? I mean, I'm thinking of my own tuna and pasta special, where I just basically, it's tuna, pasta, and laogan ma, which is this type of uh, spice sauce, uh, spicy oil that you can get here in China for like two bucks, three bucks, um, you know, and maybe dumping some vegetables or something, but that's, that's it. Like it's a very simple, uh, recipe and that feeds me for, I put it in the fridge. It lasts. It doesn't, doesn't go bad. I mean, it's pasta and tuna <laughs> refrigerated. It can't go bad that quickly. Um, and same like in the morning it's, I've uh, now reduced it. I'm now doing this yogurt mixture, but, uh, it's gotten complicated because I've taken out the boiled eggs and I'll just do the yogurt, uh, the yogurt, flax, chia seeds, canola, uh, MCT coconut oil, maple syrup, sometimes cinnamon if I remember to grind it, cashews, uh, oatmeal, and frozen blueberries. So like it's, I've tried to track how many calories it is, and it's about 600, maybe 500. There is quite a bit of fat because of the oil that I put into it, uh, but I find that, that uh, that's a pretty good post workout meal for me because it has your has the carbs has the fats has the proteins uh and, and enough protein as well especially for a post-workout um breakfast basically so so that's uh that's what i was thinking about today with all the uh the time i had while i was uh working and feeling a lot better than i was yesterday i wasn't nearly as congested uh which is a uh, great to feel and also makes me suspect that it's some sort of wafting of dust over the city of beijing I'm not sure. It just seems that early in the week it, it affects me and then it sort of dies down towards the end of the week. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see how that uh, continues on. Other than that, uh, website has been updated. New audio tracks there. New videos as well. I've got a couple new, uh, couple of the projects I'm put, um, in the process of putting up uh, on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter uh, for the May Make Your Movie Video Challenge. I can't believe it's, uh, you know, it's two-thirds done already. And there's some ideas I've been trying to get done. Uh, this 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 year I actually haven't been as uh, particular in terms of publishing every day, because 
I've been trying to do bits and pieces of a, of a variety of different projects. And I can tell you it's not working the way I want it to. So I think I might have to stop that. Just focus on doing one project a day and then that's it, right? Because I know with 10 more, uh, what, 12 more days left in, in May, I want to be able to finish this one on time every day again and uh, uh, make sure there's nothing lingering into June so I can give myself some uh, time off, I guess you could say, from the creative development. Anyway, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks and vids up on my website. Hope you guys are enjoying the summer, the uh, the beginning of summer, and that uh, this this uh, lockdown in Beijing hopefully is over. We will see how it unfolds. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye bye.